This is Conducting Business. I'm Naomi Lewin. The United Kingdom is blessed with any number of top-flight orchestras. The London Symphony, London Philharmonic, umpteen BBC orchestras, and specialist groups like the Academy of St. Martin in the Fields. But among connoisseurs, there's one group that has often batted above its league. The Ulster Orchestra, which you're hearing now, is considered one of the jewels in Northern Ireland's cultural crown. It was founded in 1966 and has released nearly a hundred recordings and worked under many respected conductors, including Joanne Folletta and Jan Pascal Tortelier. Now comes word that the Ulster Orchestra faces bankruptcy and possible shutdown by the end of the year due to a funding crisis. For some perspective on this, we speak with Oliver Condy, the editor of BBC Music magazine. So, in a nutshell, how did the Ulster Orchestra end up in such dire financial straits and seemingly so suddenly? It beggars belief, actually, I have to say. I can't quite understand how an orchestra can go from operating at full tilt to suddenly being told that it's going to be offered 28% cut in its public funding and then face uh, bankruptcy, as you say, by the end of the year and actually by the middle of November. I mean, this is an orchestra that really faces a crisis. It's tomorrow is supposed to go and open uh, the Belfast Festival at Queen's University tomorrow evening. And, and, and yet it's facing bankruptcy within a month. I don't understand it. I've been doing a bit of digging around. It, it turns out it's a combination of officials in the Arts Council of Northern Ireland not understanding the role of music in a community and also mismanagement at the orchestra. It turns out that the board of the orchestra has shrunk over the years. It turns out that there's people that haven't really managed the finances well. They haven't really stayed uh, on track with the cut in funding that has happened over the years. So everyone has buried their heads in the sand, tried to carry on as normal, and suddenly they've hit the wall. And there's nothing they can do. They, they simply cannot pull the wool over people's eyes anymore. And so we're at this crisis point, and I think it could have been managed a lot more smoothly. Here in the States, orchestras depend a lot on private funding. What is the funding situation like for the Ulster Orchestra? How much of it is public? How much of it is private? Well, quite a lot of it is public. A lot of it comes from what is, as I said, the Arts Council of Northern Ireland, which is a bit like the Arts Council of England, which gets its money from the government and then distributes that that money to the arts organizations it considers to be most deserving. So So people's tax money, essentially. Basically, tax money comes from that. And some of it comes from local tax money, i.e. Belfast uh, City Council also uh, gives the orchestra some money. But the Ulster Orchestra also has a relationship with the BBC. And the BBC gives Ulster Orchestra fees for any broadcasts and performances it might make. So performances at proms and recordings in studios and that sort of thing. Uh, And, of course, it'll get its funding from ticket sales and program sales and uh, any other sort of commercial ventures it does. It also has to rely on private funding, but that really is not a big culture in in the United Kingdom or Great Britain and Northern Ireland. It really isn't something that we're terribly used to doing. You know, we don't have individuals giving millions and millions. There simply isn't the tax incentives that there are in America to give to these organizations. It seems that people think it's the responsibility of governments, of councils, of official organizations to recognize the importance of culture and to deliver it to a community. We just found out that there's now a rescue plan being proposed to the Belfast City Council. What do you know about this, and is it too little too late? 
Well, I know that they met today, and I know that the Arts Council of Northern Ireland has been uh, has sat down and talked to them. I don't know what the deal is. We'll just have to wait and see. They, there's going to be a statement in the next couple of days, I understand. But it is such a shame. I mean, this is an orchestra that played every single concert during the Troubles in the 70s and the 80s, you know, when, when, when all of Northern Ireland was threatened with bombings, either from the IRA or from loyalist groups. So the Ulster Orchestra's offices were threatened daily with bombings, and they never cancelled any of their concerts. We talk about orchestras carrying on in the Blitz during the Second World War and uh, musicians carrying on in, in face of all sorts of adversity, but the Ulster Orchestra, you know, really at the top of those the show-must-go-on kind of ensembles. They really have, um, you know, they really have done extraordinarily over the past few decades, and yet here we are, banks being bailed for billions and for the sake of a few million pounds, well, an orchestra is about to go under, and Northern Ireland is about to lose, if it's not careful, its only professional orchestra. It's, you talk about it's one of the cultural jewels in Northern Ireland in your introduction. Well, it's actually the only orchestral cultural jewel in Northern Ireland would be a big problem. Not only for Northern Ireland is this a cultural jewel, but this orchestra has made some interesting recordings of neglected composers. We are featuring the Ulster Orchestra's recording of piano concertos by late 18th, early 19th century Czech composer Jan Ladislav Dusek this week on WQXR. That would also be a huge loss. Oh, absolutely. Um, uh, Thanks to conductors Bryden Thompson, Vernon Handley, who together really pioneered the sort of recording of of, of much British music that we wouldn't hear today on record by Arthur Bliss, uh, Frank Bridge, Arnold Bax, Charles Villiers Stanford. We wouldn't hear this music had it not been for many of these recordings. Uh, And then Jan Pascal Tortelier came in and then they recorded a lot of French repertoire. Uh, The Ulster Orchestra have also been doing huge amounts of education work. They, They won the Royal Philharmonic Society's very very first education prize. I mean, Northern Ireland is, is a place that has all sorts of different communities. You know, it's divided by, you know, religious tension. And it's also divided by wealth, division of wealth. But the orchestra has played its role in trying to bring these communities together. So it's not just a, a performing orchestra. It's not just a recording orchestra. It's also a, a sort of a, a bit of a community glue, if you like. So what has the community said to this? Has there been some, any kind of uproar from the concert-going public? It's it's very difficult to gauge this. A lot of people I hear um, in Northern Ireland, there, there is a lot of apathy towards the arts. There is a good audience in the venues that the Ulster Orchestra plays in, but I think there is a lot of apathy, and I think there's a lack of sort of general awareness of the role that an orchestra can play. I mean, many people think that the orchestra simply go to their jobs every day after they finish playing concerts you know i heard one person say that they thought it was impossible for an orchestra to play a lunchtime concert because how would they get out of their work at lunchtime you know so i think there is a there's a general lack of awareness and i think that's that's also part of the problem and how about among musicians the orchestra employs 63 musicians 17 staff the as you said the only full-time professional orchestra in northern ireland what are you hearing from musicians around the UK? Well, the musicians themselves, I mean, the the standards of the orchestra has been increasing greatly over the past few years, and there are many more musicians that have been brought in from abroad, from Europe, from America. So this is an orchestra that is much more international than it ever has been. And 
their new conductor, Rafael Payare, the Venezuelan uh, sort of protege of the El Sistema system in, in, in Venezuela, has just started as uh, principal conductor after um, Joanne Falletta left. So, you know, this is an orchestra that is in an exciting new chapter, or just about to begin in an exciting new chapter. It must be absolutely devastating for them. And as I say, they're just about to start at the Belfast Festival tomorrow. You know, this is an orchestra facing closure, and they're, again, much like they did in the Truffles, they're going to carry on. They're going to play the concert, and no doubt it'll be superb. But this news is very, very new. It's, I mean, it's staggering that it's new, but it is quite new, and um, we have yet to sort of hear from the musicians themselves. Well, thank you very much for joining us. Pleasure. Oliver Condy is the editor of BBC Music Magazine. Brian Wise produces Conducting Business. I'm Naomi Lewin.